Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Trust in Jesus this morning. Amen, amen. He'll come through. Hallelujah. Be careful how much media you really watch and all the news feeds that fly around all over the place. Read the Word of God if you want to know the truth. Amen. (laughs) Can you say amen to that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I have the distinct privilege, if you'd remain standing with me, of introducing two young ministers today. Now, don't be afraid. You're not having two messages. You're having one message, half of it by one young man and half of it by the other young man. And I was praying last night for these guys, and I've been in their position, and I have thought well they would like to hear pastor bounds they don't want to hear me and i was in prayer over there and i felt the lord say they're going to hear from pastor bounds the people of god will hear from pastor bounds because his sons in the gospel will be preaching to us from their hearts amen praise god amen so we'll have brother mark Mahler Jr. first, then right after him, Brother Michael Croston. Amen. God's going to use them and we're going to be blessed. Let's pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. We trust you for these young men, Lord God. We thank you for their desire for your kingdom and their pure hearts, Lord God. Help them deliver your word as you've given it to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray and trust. Everyone says amen. Lord bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Mm, God is so good. More, more than I can even mention. Uh, Brother Ryan, I'm going to try to hold this microphone the way you've been trying to tell me to. Uh, Brother Ryan is one of my very best friends, and uh, he's always telling me you got to hold the mic right. I just know not to hold it upside down. <laughs> so. Uh, I am humbled to be here before you, and uh, I give honor first to God, who has loved me enough to call me to be able to deliver his word to his people. And of course, I give honor to my bishop, my father in the gospel, our pastor, Aaron Bounds, and Sister Bounds, who is one with him, and all the ministry in the building as well. I thank you all for believing in me, and I don't believe that it is an accident the songs that were chosen today that were sung that just boosted my confidence a little bit in what God has to say to his people today. I am going to speak just for a few moments and I believe it is to prepare somebody's heart for the word that God has given Brother Croston. It's not because his word is not true 
It is not because the word he has to deliver is not enough, but it is because our hearts need to be set and ready to believe that what he has to say is for you. It is for me. And I believe that a lot of times we struggle with that. So the title of my message today for the few short moments is, do you love me? So do you love me? I'll be reading several scriptures. If you'd like to be seated after I read the first set, feel more than welcome to. But John 13, 34 through 35 says this, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You may be seated. Matthew 22, 36 through 40 says this. When a lawyer came to Jesus, he said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then 1 John chapter 4. I'll be reading several scriptures. Verse 7 through 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. In verses 20 and 21, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. It is plain as plain can be that we are commanded to love one another. Several verses of scripture refer to preferring the brethren and preferring one another even before yourself and before others around you. And I believe that his people truly desire to follow that word. And we even tell each other, I mean, if you've, if you've been to the Anchor Church even one time, you're going to hear somebody say, love you, praise the Lord, right? It's something, it's something that's just natural to us to say uh, when, when, you, when you start taking on the heartbeat of God. And, uh, but I also believe that there is a prevalent obstacle that prevents us from truly loving one another as Christ loves us. This issue is made aware when we read a portion of verse 39 in Matthew 22. It says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Our culture struggles and creates a struggle with loving ourselves. I'm talking about a lack of self-esteem and a confidence that you have in yourself and who you are. Almost every single application that we find, and I'm not very knowledgeable about them young people but but all the little filters and all that stuff and I mean I'll call my my kids and my wife on FaceTime and they'll like pop up as little mice and bears and and unicorns brother Chris Rowe that uh me and him were talking about that last night but you look at people's pictures on Facebook or social media and there's always a filter because they're not confident in what they look like in the moment they've got to create some sort of filter to hide who they really are 
but I believe it goes more than just on what you look like. I believe that people are lacking in a confidence in who you are and who God created you to be. I believe that you, we as a people in our culture, we lack the knowledge and the confidence that God didn't save us because of what we look like. He didn't save us to be somebody else. He saved us the way he, he created us to be in our own personality. I used to always worry about getting up here and be like, well, I can't preach like pastor. I can't preach like somebody else. And then finally I realized that I don't have to because that's not the personality God created me to be. You know, thank you, Jesus, mighty God. You know, there's one psychological study that says seven out of 10 women or girls struggle with low self-esteem or low self-worth. Another study says that it's, there's little to no difference in men between the ages of 14 and 30. Another study says that true self-confidence doesn't even become established until you're si between 60 and 70 years old. That's sad to me. It's sad to me to know that when you feel so belittled, you feel so, such low self-esteem for yourself that you're not alone in that. Nobody likes to be alone, but that's not something you want to be alone in, really. But I believe that God has something more for us. You see, for years, the reason I can preach this is because I've lived it. For years, I struggled with low self-esteem. Not because other people didn't believe in me. We have an amazing pastor that has poured into me for years. We have amazing leadership that has poured in to the people for years that have always believed in young people. And I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> Brother me, like, call me a young minister makes me feel good. But um, it's, it, like I said, it's not because people didn't believe in me, but it's because I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel qualified enough and I definitely did not feel confident enough. I dealt with the pride, and yes, I say pride, of not wanting others to think that I was arrogant. That was a struggle I went through dealing with this. I didn't want people to think I was arrogant. I wanted to be humble the way the word says. Until Pastor looked at me and told me I was being prideful. <laughs> you know, he just, he just gave it right to me in his office one day. He says, that's prideful, you need to get rid of it. So I learned the difference between arrogance and confidence. You see, arrogance is an exaggeration of self-importance. Not worth, but self-importance. It's selfish, self-indulgent, and does not concern itself with the worth of others. But confidence is being aware of yourself, being aware of your weaknesses and your strengths. By the way, when you're aware of your weaknesses, you know he can make you strong in, in, in those areas. That's what we're all for, is to make each other strong with one another. It makes you aware of your self-worth because you are worth something. You are more than just somebody that, oh, Jesus, mighty God. You are worth something. You are valuable beyond the riches of this world. And you need to get it in your spirit and in your heart and in your mind that you are. In Jesus' name. It's also aware of others around you. It's aware of your worth to others, especially to God, especially to God. Listen, if you're here, you're loved. There's always going to be people. The best thing about the church is that there's people in it. The worst thing about the church, there's people in it. You know, there's always going to be people you butt heads with. Always. There's always going to be somebody that's there that's possibly going to hurt your feelings. But that does not devalue you. It does not lower you and who you are and who you are in God and who's he call, who he has called you to be. 
I don't believe it's a fine line between arrogance and confidence because I believe they are drastically different in spirit. And God is saying, you need to be confident today in who I am and who I've called you to be. You are not arrogant. You are just confident if you know who you are in him, if you know you're valued. And there is scripture for it. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, which means special, by the way, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, I'm not very good at answering my phone all the time, especially when I keep it on silent a lot, honestly. Uh, That way, and I normally set it to the side so I don't answer it because sometimes I don't like to be called. I don't like to answer the phone. I hate talking on the phone. But lucky for us, God always answers, always picks up when you call him. But he does more than that. He also calls. We are a called people. You are called. You are chosen. Your confidence does not just need to be in yourself, but in the fact that he chose you. John 15, 16 says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28, it says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring not things that are. You see, it's humbling to know that he he has chosen me, that he's chosen you. When we feel worthless or unworthy, when we feel unintelligent or unknowledgeable, when we feel unskilled or even that our pedigree is not good enough compared to others. Listen, I feel in the Holy Ghost right now, it does not matter if your great-granddaddy's grandma spoke in tongues and was a holy roller in the early 1900s. That's not who he called. We all have to be born again. In reality, listen, if, if I could do the generational stuff, I could say, oh, my, my children are fifth-generation Pentecost. But in reality, we're all first generation because we're all both, we have to be born again the same way. We are all first generation. It doesn't matter who mommy was, daddy was, grandma or grandpa was. He has called you today for now because of who you are. So God wants someone to understand today that you need to learn to love you before you can ever truly love your spouse if you're married, your children, your siblings. Before You can say, I love you all you want. But true love, a love from God, can only truly be given and shown when you begin to love yourself because we have to love each other as we love ourselves. I always wonder that if we would study 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter. Brother Melek, if if we would start applying that to our own selves instead of just to others. You know, we say love is blind, especially when you see that couple and you're like, what? What's she? Wait a minute here. Listen, I know I married up, all right? All right, I married up. She's way, way too beautiful than what I deserve. But love is blind. You know what I'm saying? What if we said that about ourselves? Love boasteth not. Love cherishes. Love covers a multitude of sins. 
I believe that the word that Brother Croston is about to deliver can only be received if you get in your heart and mind right now that that's for me. The songs, I don't believe they should just be song. I believe there's some people in here today, you sang the words, but not necessarily because you believe them for yourself, but it was out of a hope that just maybe, just maybe, he's going to take me through that fire. He's going to take me through the water. It's a hope. But I believe that God wants you to be able to sing it with a confidence that yes, it is for me. It is for me because I know he loves me so I can love me too. So you need to ask yourselves, do I love me? Because the question today is this, do you love me? Lord, in the name of Jesus, mighty God, I ask you to be with your people. God, I ask you to change our minds to the mind of Christ. God, I ask you to let us see not just others through your eyes, God, but we would see ourselves through your eyes, God, that our minds and our hearts would be changed, oh God, that we would begin to love ourselves so that we can obey your commandment, that we love one another. God, that we can truly love you. We can truly forgive ourselves so that you can forgive us, oh God when we begin to love ourselves. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing us and loving us, oh God, that you would receive the glory. In Jesus' name, oh mighty God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.